0: Let's pray. God, we thank you for this morning. We do thank you for full announcements. We also thank you for transition. I pray that that you would hone in our attention, that you would help us be disciplined, to be hearers and doers of your word. God, give us eyes to see, ears to hear, hearts willing to um, receive, feet willing to be obedient. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right, how's everyone doing? Are you guys okay? All right. Good. So we're going to try to get through this message. I know um, three weeks ago was fun. We had a good service last week. um, We had a good service. And now we're going to get through this part of the message. And where we started last week was the idea of if you are a fisherman or fisherwoman, You're not going to throw a stuffed animal out on your lure to catch a goldfish, right? And if you're going to fish in my koi pond, um, you're certainly not going to catch anything except angry people. So um, don't come fishing in my koi pond. Macy will get out her newspaper, her Sunday newspaper, and chase you off. Oh, she said more than that. But what we see is this idea of true fishermen know what kind of bait to use, right? They know what they're trying to lure in. Likewise, Paul is encouraging us within this scripture. He says, look, I'm gonna become all things to all people. I'm going to lure in people for the sake of Christ with very specific bait. So therefore, what I do is I become all things to all people. And remember, we're continuing our outreach series. And a couple weeks ago, we discussed that as a Christian, it is paramount that our Christian life isn't just about us, right? It's actually about serving others, loving God and loving people. So that means if, if I'm a Christian and all I ever do is for the 40 years of my Christianity or the 60 years of my Christianity or the 80 years of my Christianity, if all I ever do is sit in my home and think about it, then we better question where our real heart is. Christianity at the pinnacle is not only Jesus Christ crucified and resurrected, but because of that, then we want to save other people. So, we learned last week that there's a few qualities that we need to possess to, to move forward, right? Be present, be available, and then be obedient. Did any of you guys have that opportunity this week to be present, available, or obedient? Okay, one, praise God. A couple, thank you. So, the gospel Paul proclaims does not come with strings attached, with obligations to care for or cater to his needs. Instead, the reverse is true. Paul surrenders his rights in the gospel for the sake of those he hopes to reach. Last week, he, what, what we read was that preachers have the right to to make money for what they do. So if we can take our second offering. <laughs> but what Paul said is he said, look, I'm gonna deny that right. There's something in me that, that I know I have to do this. See, when I gave my life to Christ, there was something that literally flipped inside of me. Something truly changed, transformed, became new, Where it was about the gospel. And and I guess I can maybe relate to Paul a little bit. I'm not saying I am Paul because I'm not. But I can relate to the idea of no matter what my career is, I'm always going to be pastoring. I'll pastor Macy. I'll pastor Garrett in the car. I'll pastor um, my dogs. I'll preach the good news to my dogs. How about this? I'll even preach to the koi pond. I'll do it. There's something that has changed. There was transformation in Paul's life that he said, this isn't just about me. I don't care about my money. I don't care about what my rights are. What I care about are souls saved. And what we're going to see in the theme in in 1 Corinthians 9 is that what it comes down to is surrender, sacrifice, sacrifice, one of the biggest problems within this generation, and generation, I'm not just talking the MTV generation, and I'm not just talking the social media generation, I'm talking everyone alive, is everything has come to revolve around ourselves. There's actually rarely any, any sacrifice with many people. And when we do make a sacrifice, we want to make sure that everyone knows what we've sacrificed. What God wants from us is a life of sacrifice. And we're going to see that as we continue in the scripture today. So um, if you have your Bibles, 1 Corinthians 9. We're going to pick up in um, verse 19 this week. So I'm going to start reading. Even though I am free with no master... I have become a slave to all people to bring many to Christ. When I was with Jews, I lived like a Jew to bring the Jews to Christ. When I was with those who followed the Jewish law, I too lived under the law, even though I am not subject to the law. I did this so I could bring to Christ those who are under the law, When I am with Gentiles who do not follow the Jewish law, I live apart from the law so I can bring them to Christ. But I do not ignore the law of God. I obey the law of Christ. When I am with those who are weak, I share their weakness. For I want to bring the weak to Christ. Yes, I try to find common ground with everyone, doing everything I can to save some. I do everything to spread the good news and share in its blessings. Is God saying if your buddies are going out on a bachelor party to an inappropriate place that then you should go partake and become what your buddies becoming? No. Is he saying that you should sin? No. Is this giving us the right to sin? No. Paul, I believe, simply addressing some of the, what we know as today, the kosher laws, right? So of one of the 600 plus laws that there are in the Bible, and you know there's actually been a guy that tried to follow all 600 plus laws in one year. So he caught a woman in adultery, so guess what he did? He grabbed some pebbles and he threw them at her like this. That's kind of crazy, right? He tried to follow them. And here, here's what he said is, one, you can't follow all the laws. It's impossible. But two, the heart of the laws weren't even even explicitly just for all of us to follow like that. And it was really challenging for him. But there's a law that presents this idea of you should not You should not boil your own, um, the life, you should not boil a goat in its life source. So, you should not boil a goat in its mama's milk. It's just not right. So, some people think that the kosher law came from this, other people say that it doesn't. But the fact of the matter is, Paul's really addressing look, if you eat kosher, I'll eat kosher with you. If you like to eat a lot of pizza, I'm going to eat a lot of pizza with you because I'm not going to let a kosher law or pizza distract me from the real thing. And what's the real thing? Jesus Christ crucified and resurrected for the atonement of our sin. So he was saying, I'm willing to do that. I'm willing to stuff myself with Chipotle all day long. I'm willing to go to Cece's Pizza and eat Cece's Pizza. And you know what? If you're just eating lettuce, I'll do it. That's what Paul is saying. Look, I'm I'm going to become all things to all people when there's little boys out here playing basketball, I'm going to meet them at their level and talk trash. And then I'm going to beat them. I did it. You guys know I did it. But I'm going to meet them at their level. to win others to Christ, we're going to have to do things differently, young and old. As the church, we need to set that example with love and unity. Love and unity. We need to set that example. See, we do a lot of talking. We do a lot of hoping and wishing and dreaming, however that song goes, right? We do a lot of it. But the church, we need to set the example of unity and love. Love and unity. What example does the church set? Paul, even earlier in Corinthians, what does he address? Unity in the church. Unity in the church. So we all have our personal preferences, right? Many of us... um, prefer the old hymns, and the younger generation prefers maybe a fuller band and different music. And the church can get in debates about, well, the old hymns are more theologically sound. And then the young kids can say, but the old hymns, they just don't relate to us. How do we become all things for the sake of people just coming to Christ? Far too often, another one of our problems Far too often, one of our problems is our preferences and our opinions. Our preferences and our opinions are getting in the way of Christ being able to do his work in some people's lives. It's not about just the uh, biblically sound hymns, and it's just not about the ambient sounds of the modern worship, right? It's about your heart to say, whatever it is, we want to present Christ in a loving way. So if you like Michigan, we're really going to pray for you. I don't, I don't know if this message can apply to you, Michigan fans. You are past the point. And if you're from West Liberty, we love you guys. So, so what's Paul saying? Chaz, come up here. Chaz, I want a handshake real quick. Give me a handshake, Chaz. This is my friend Chaz. What's up, bro? How you doing? How you doing? Good to see you. That's how Chaz and I always greet each other. Kevin, how you doing, sir? Nice to see you. I look look him in the eye, and I grab his hand firmly. Sammy, come here. Come here. You guys can't see this type of hug. What's up, dude? (laughs) And then I'll go over to Scott. Scott, how are you? you become all things to all people. If, if, if I want to reach out, if I want to relate to a younger generation, then I'm going to say, I'm willing to do things a little bit different. Because it's not about me. It's about creating this relationship with other people so that we can bridge that gap of kindness and love so that Christ can be preached. And if I went up to Scott acting like a hooligan, he might act like a hooligan back, I don't know. But there's this respect, Scott, I'll, I'll become all things, I'll become all things to all people. So some meetings I go to, I'll wear, I'll wear a tie. And I'll wear nice khakis. Other meetings, I'll wear a straight bill hat. And I'll never even take the sticker off. They're like, what does that mean? I say, I don't know what, I don't know what that means, but I know that I'm cool. They're like, really? I'm like, I guess I can return it if I don't like it. I don't know. (laughs) I wear the straight bell hat because I want to be able to reach a younger generation. You guys heard my story a couple weeks ago where I was really playing it up that I didn't know much about cars. Well, I still really don't know a lot about cars, but I know more about the cars than I was presenting, right? I know how to put gas in my car. I know how to put a... uh, a um, cap on my tires. Um, I know how to wash my windows at Speedway. What am I doing right now? I'm becoming all things to all people. I'm allowing you guys to engage me and engage the message in such a way that Christ, Christ can be presented. That's what Paul wanted is our availability to become all things to all people and surrender not only our rights, but maybe even our preferences. Are you willing to surrender your rights as the head of the house? Are you willing to surrender your rights as the COO or or whatever? Are you willing to surrender your rights as a Christian for a soul to be saved? Are you willing to surrender your preferences? Your opinions? Paul's saying it's not about me. If I go to your house and it's pizza, it's pizza. If I need to learn how to dab, right? That's a pretty weak dab. Chaz, you're going to have to teach me some dab stuff. Like, pretty white dab, isn't it? (laughs) He said a little bit. Are you willing to surrender your opinions, and your preferences for the sake of Christ. It gets challenging, doesn't it? But it's worth it. We should never get stuck. One of my favorite sayings is, well, me being me, we should never get stuck in the me being me stage of life. We should never excuse away or justify why we can continue doing what we're doing. So to the younger generation, quit saying that the older generation doesn't understand you. Quit complaining about the older generation. If you really wanted to have transformation in your life, then you would submit yourself to the older generation. Older generation, come on. Preach. Say it. Someone, preach. Preach. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. And the older generation, older generation... Quit projecting on the younger generation. Speak life to them. Don't speak down onto them. Declare and pray over and speak life into the younger generation. So instead of complaining about them, start declaring over the life, their lives, God's goodness. It's not just about drugs and whatever else and disrespect. But maybe if we got our opinions and threw them away and the older generation started to say to the younger generation, I'm going to commit my life to you, I'm going to love you, I'm going to create unity, and I'm going to learn how to dab. For the sake of soul saved, it would be worth it, wouldn't it? It would. I would imagine Paul would probably wear a jersey to church. A LeBron James jersey, if he needed to. Or maybe um, he might wear a hat to church. He wouldn't wear a Jordan jersey because that thing's retired because he's the greatest player of all time. Hey, we don't want your opinions today. (laughs) He would have dressed in a certain way, right, to bridge gaps for those Who needed Christ? What are you willing to do? What gaps is God calling you to bridge? What is He asking you to surrender, to lay down? I remember a couple years ago, coaching track in Piqua, I'm just so desperate to see some of these kids saved. It's like, man, your life is a wreck. And I'm just like trying to pick apart everything, like maybe it's this kid's shoes or maybe something. And you guys know of the band, the worship band Hillsong, right? Well, they have Hillsong United Live. United Live. And my mind is just like, man, I need to find one biblical thing to talk about with this kid. Just one biblical thing. I need to find it. And he had on this shirt that said, live united. And I'm just so in the zone of, like, I need to preach the gospel. I need to share the good news with them that I said this. Dude, what does that shirt mean when it says Live United? I'm trying to, like, make it about Hillsong United Live. Like, what does this shirt mean, Live United? And he looks at me like, did you ever learn anything in high school? I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, this is Live United. And I'm like, oh, oh. I don't know what it was. Have you ever heard of the band United Live? He threw it all away, right? A couple weeks later, Macy and I are at the high school track. We're walking around. Here come his girlfriend and him. And it was this moment that we had to talk to him about Jesus. This moment. I was willing to look like an idiot at track practice. For the sake of to be able to say, hey, look, you know, I'm a pastor. You know, you know, I love kids. You know, I love adults. You know, you know, you know. All for this pinnacle of this moment, and we had the opportunity to talk to him and his girlfriend there. Did he accept Christ then? No. Did we preach the gospel? Gospel then? No. Did it plant a seed? Yes. So a couple of weeks after that, we're at the Wayne Invite Premier Track Meet in Ohio, and uh, it's raining. We're on a rain delay. We're sitting in the stands. Waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. And then someone comes up and they said, have you ever seen anyone possessed? Yeah, yeah I have. So now for the next 90 minutes of this rain delay, we started to talk about Jesus Christ, died and resurrected, right? That he's the only way to heaven. And we did talk about some crazy things that, that I have seen or been a part of but there was this desperation to relate to him to build this gap. I was willing to look like a fool all for the sake of maybe him being saved. Right? What are we doing? Because this Christian life isn't just about us. It's about other people. It's about creating the biggest kingdom in heaven that we can. what does it require? Sacrifice. Sacrifice. What are you sacrificing for Christ today? What are you willing to sacrifice? And if you don't know what to sacrifice, just ask God, what would you like me to sacrifice? And what I've learned about sacrifice is um, sacrifice is a little bit more today than yesterday right because if we always do what we've always done it never really seems to be a sacrifice so a sacrifice is a little bit more today than what i did yesterday so let's continue to um look on verse 24 do you not know that in a race all runners run but only one gets the prize Run in such a way to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games go into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last. But we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. So what's Paul's aim? To win the race. You know, what's always interesting is you have these kids who participate in track, and it's like they're always going to run the 10-minute mile. And it's like, will you run faster? They're like, yeah, I am running faster. No, you're literally running the same pace. Okay, coach, I'll run faster tomorrow. You get out there and they're still like on the same trot, same pace. They're not running to win. They're running just to be an association. Christian uh, life with Christians is an association of believers, right? But it's more than that. We all have a race to run. And the important thing to remember is to be in the race, you have to start running. You have to start somewhere. And to win the race, it requires what? Sacrifice. Winning the race requires sacrifice. There's a 20-year-old I saw yesterday. He broke the American 100-meter dash record, and he ran a 9.88 100-meter dash That's faster than everyone's Corvette in here. Does anyone have a Corvette? That's why. (laughs) 9.88 seconds. Usain Bolt, when he was 20 years old, ran a 10.04. If this 20-year-old doesn't train doesn't work hard, doesn't run the race to win, if he's not disciplined, if he doesn't sacrifice Chipotle every day, if he doesn't sacrifice uh, Breyer's ice cream every day, or graters, if he doesn't sacrifice, then will, will he um, continue on to be as good as he is? No. The Christian walk when we run this race requires a sacrifice of discipline to preach the gospel, to first start moving. And I'll say this, yes, it becomes inconvenient, right? The Christian walk is inconvenient. And if it has never become inconvenient for you, or if it isn't inconvenient for you, then I would say you're probably not doing it right. The Christian walk's going to challenge you, and it's going to be inconvenient. Macy and I stumbled into an inconvenience yesterday. We didn't know if the guy was honest or not. It's not my job to discern it or to judge him. It's my job to do my job. And what my job is, is to love God and love people. So we love the guy. How many of you guys are going to run a marathon today? None. Garrett's probably the closest. Garrett, could you do a marathon today? (laughs) maybe Garrett's a runner Um, I do a lot of running in my mind so if we want to run a marathon what do we do we start today biblically speaking what do we do where do we start today right we start reading the word we become disciplined and we do it every day. We have our mind and our goal set on heavenly things. It's easy to talk to a neighbor when my goal is on heavenly things and not on earthly things because there's a good chance um, some of my neighbors are here today. Um, so, what's up neighbors? Hey! It's easy to talk to awesome neighbors too. But It's easy to talk to neighbors when your goal is on heaven. It's not easy to talk to neighbors when your goal is about yourself. We have to have heaven in mind. And you know what? You have to talk to someone other than the typical people that you talk to about Jesus. Jesus. I don't always need to talk to Macy about Jesus because Macy knows Jesus, she's going to heaven. I don't always need to talk to Sammy about Jesus because Sammy knows Jesus, he's going to heaven. That's my fingers crossed. You know I like to pick on him, Sammy's saved. You saw the way I hugged him. Here's the problem. Here's the problem. We love the song, um, what is it, Um, Reckless Love right now, right? We just love it. The church comes alive. This generation's how he loves us, or this decades. We love it. We think of the song, leaving the 99 to chase after the one. And that's our God. He leaves the 99 to chase after the one. But guess what? The church, us, the people of the church, guess what we are? We are really comfortable with the 99. We don't ever need to leave. Why? Because we're comfortable with what we have. And we're concerned with what we have. So there's never a need of urgency to go share that love because we're comfortable with the 99. And I'm here to tell you, God is calling you Sending you to go get that one. Because how many times have you been praying and you said, God, I need someone to come talk to me. And only half, half of the time or a quarter of the time that person comes and talks to you. You are the one that's sent to go find that one today. You are the one sent to go talk to your neighbor. You are the one sent talk to the person randomly at Walmart. Because if not you, then who? Don't become too comfortable with the 99 that you're unwilling to take a risk to sacrifice and go after the one. Now, I also appreciate that God's willing to do that, that God's just not comfortable with the numbers That he always is willing to chase after the one. But what does Paul tell us? He follows Christ, so therefore we should also follow his example. If Christ is going after the one, then what are we doing? Please don't get comfortable with your 70 inch TVs and the AC set on 70. Please don't get comfortable just in your routines. Take a risk today to love and engage someone. If you are a Christian, sacrifice will be required. Many of us in this room are waiting on a great move of God, right? We anticipate it. Revive Ohio, we're waiting on it. God, you're gonna move. God, you're gonna move. God, you're gonna move. We anticipate it. Even in transition, I've heard a lot of people say, we're anticipating a great move. We're anticipating a great move. And you know what I hear a lot then is, Joey, we're expecting you to do something really awesome. I'm, I'm serious. That's what I hear. When I hear that, I hear, Joey, we're waiting on you to do something really awesome. All right, you want to see the best that I got? That's the pinnacle. Sorry, one more thing. See, I can't even be awesome. I can't even do it. I'm becoming all things for all people, I guess. We're wrapping up. We're not going to get what we're anticipating and dreaming of until we're willing to sacrifice our rights, our opinions, our needs. Until we're willing to put others before us, we're not gonna see this church thrive the way that we dream of it. Hoping and wishing for a great move by a leader I don't think is the right thing. But individuals in a community who are desiring to walk in unity, to go out and actually make a difference within their community will make a place thrive. Are you willing to go after the 99 today or the 1? Don't go out. Are you willing to leave the 99 today to go after the 1? Are you willing to look like a fool? And it's all steps. Look, I'm not asking you to go run the marathon today, so I'm not asking you to go do a cartwheel or some kind of weird flip and knock your microphone off in front of a few hundred or a couple hundred people, 150 people, whatever. That's not what I'm asking. But maybe today you can look someone in the eye and you can say, I'm sorry. Maybe you can say, I care for you. Maybe you can say, Jesus loves you. Maybe you can pray for someone. Or maybe you can start reading your Bible. I'm going to say it again. This is going to be fun. I wish I had a mic to drop. Maybe you could show up on church on time. That's almost a joke around here now, isn't it? It's like that goes in one ear and it goes out the other. So I almost start pl- praying that God clogs your ears, and that one. So if you get an ear ear infection, know that I've been praying. That stuff gets stuck in there. So um, we're waiting for that great move. Pure thoughts or pure actions, what are better? pure actions because all pure actions I believe start with a pure thought. Don't just have pure thoughts. Far too often we look for the leaders to bring the change, but this change is about a generation of people saying enough is enough. Yes, there's crises going on in the world. Yes, there's even crisis within the Miami Valley. Will we say enough is enough? Talking about it over coffee or lunch or dinner, talking about it is changing nothing. But what will change it is one person at a time. Scott, you matter. Scott, how can I help you live into your God-given destiny? Let's do it. Sammy, you matter. How can I help you live into your God-given destiny? Random person who I do not think that is honest. My discernment could be off. You matter. How can I help you live into your God given destiny? Either way, Paul encourages us here in 1 Corinthians 9 that sacrifice is paramount when it comes to, um, man, bah, 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 bah. Sacrifice is paramount when it comes to leaders and people of the next generation. Must be willing to sacrifice. Are you willing to make a sacrifice today? Are you willing to position yourself before God and say, God, what sacrifice do you want me to make? So here's some general conclusions. Number one, God moves through the sacrifices of his people. Let's think of the servant boy who gave up the fish and the loaves, right? Eight items or seven items? What happened with them? God turned it into thousands of items. What did God do? He moved through the surrender of his people. He moved through the sacrifice of his people. What about Noah? Noah. Noah sacrificed his time, his effort, even looking funny and weird. What did God do? Moved. Abraham, willing to sacrifice his son, what did God do? He moved. The paralytic healed because of the sacrifice of four friends willing to carry him to Jesus. What happened? Sins were forgiven a man was added to the kingdom, and the paralytic was healed. Why? Because of the sacrifice of four friends, four acquaintances maybe even at that. Billions given the opportunity to be saved because of what sacrifice? Jesus Christ. God, but yet man. Jesus Christ dying on the cross for the sins of the world. God moved through the obedience and the sacrifice of one individual so that we all can be saved. Hoping and wishing that souls will be saved and that we'll see a thriving church is not going to happen until you're willing to make a sacrifice and God's going to move through it. Amen? Number two. General conclusion, you just need to be flexible in your approach. Sometimes you need to try to be cool and do all these cool handshakes. Other times you just need to professionally shake. Number three, the goal is to win others. Paul addresses this five times in this text. To save others from the wrath of God and to live out the gospel. Number four. Ask God to grow your heart for the lost. One author said this. This is the final statement. The principle of expediency recognizes that all people are different. There is not just one way to win people to Christ. Why? Because all are different. We use a specific bait for a specific fish, right? We talked about that. We reach the lost on their ground, not ours. We come to people at their point of interest and approach them on their reachable side. By this, we establish a relationship with them so that they can hear the gospel without limitation. The principle of accommodating ourselves to the lost so that we might win them is a principle of love for the lost. Evangelism is a, is painful at times, but surrendering our rights puts it in a place of blessing. We find blessing in giving more than receiving. Living with our uh, with our eyes on eternity is always more pleasing than living for ourselves. We should take note of a word of caution about the principle of accommodating ourselves to win people. To uh, people to win them to Christ. The idea is not win in Rome, do as the Romans do. Some use their freedom for an excuse to indulge themselves, right, in life. That is a compromise of self indulgence. We do not lower our standards, but we waive our privileges. We work hard, hours, overtime. We waive those privileges all for the sake of a soul saved. Pray with me. God, we thank you for today. I pray that you would continue to stir up in us to surrender, to lay down our rights, our privileges, our opinions. God, that we would understand that, that soul saved requires sacrifice, intentionality. Help us find someone today, God, to tell them that they matter. Help us bridge that gap. Help us become all things to all people so that you could be glorified. In Jesus' name, amen.